Okay, so now we just need an intro. Uh, something like... Friendly sparring with Leo and Joe's. Friendly sparring. The friendliest sparring with Leo and Joe's. Friendly sparring. That's it. Ah, all right, cool. Let's start the show. Yep. Welcome to the Friendly Sparring Podcast. The podcast where we talk about space talking. I'm your host, Leo, and with me as always is my beautiful co-host, Leo. What's up, baby? Hey, why are there two Leos here? Did I say Leo? You did. You absolutely did. Did I say I'm your host, Leo? Yep. All right, well, let's start again. I'm yeah, your host, Leo. With me as always is Juice. Listen, guys, one of us. We're swapping today. This is freaking yeah, We're swapping. And as in space talking, one of us is uncut. Ba-da-da-ba-ba. And you need that. It's very for essential. Space talking. It is you very do. essential for the space talking. And if you don't know what that is, go on Urban Dictionary because we are not going to educate you. Yeah. And if you don't know what an Urban Dictionary is, go to Urban Dictionary and figure <laughs> out what it is. Because he definitely said Nurban Dictionary. And didn't say Urban Dictionary. If you don't know what it is, Nurban Dictionary. Huh? The hell's that? I know what Urban Dictionary is. Hey, man. Anyways. I don't know what words are. The fuck you think <laughs> this? Look on Nurban Dictionary. Just go to that website and type in Space Talking and Look have on a ball. Turban Dictionary. <laughs> have a ball. Guys, we didn't want to start with dick jokes, but here we are. Listen, I think we've established we're the dick joke podcast. Like, yeah. I already made probably way too many on fighting with myself. And now we've just compounded that to be like, let's make one every five minutes. Yeah, we're the, we're the, hey guys, welcome to the friendly sparring podcast with Leo and Juice. Uh, we're very dick and pegging friendly. <laughs> Especially pegging, dude. Why has no one sent in a pegging question to the forum? <laughs> I need to know this. Probably because they Bro. don't want to hear about it, honestly, if I'm honest. Yeah. But well, but but, but Cyrus grow up. has a podcast where he talks about eating dirty ass all the time. So. Yeah. I mean, grow up. Fucking get pegged and figure it out. Yeah, like, dude. Just get pegged. <laughs> <laughs> just figure it out. Get pegged. Like, what the fuck? Let that be the new get fucked. Like, if you ever yeah, say get pegged, you're fighting with somebody like in an argument. And you're like, oh, you know what, man? Get fucked. Let's <laughs> say, yeah, you know get, what? Pegged. get pegged. Yeah. Just fucking get pegged. Anyway. Don't threaten me with a good time. Anyways, welcome to Friendly Sparring. Wow. Uh, hey, how many fucking introductions are we going to have? <laughs> we haven't listen, gotten... last week you did an intro at the very end. So you don't I did. Me on how many intros. I did. I hope everyone listened to that and thought we were going to go right into another episode. <laughs> this is it. Dude, if someone's catching up back to back and they're like, well, let me watch the old one first. And they say, welcome to Friendly Sparring. Welcome to Friendly Sparring. Yeah. Is this a November rain situation? Or is this what's yeah. new pussy get? Yeah, it's uh, what's new, pussycat. Um, all right, dude, Speaking what's going what's on, pussycat? Uh, let's talk about the fights that happened last night. So, Fuck. before before we get into the actual fights themselves, we have to talk about the fight before the fight, the yep. weigh-in day. So we lost a fight, and 
it was a fight that I was very much looking forward to. And so I'm not uh, coming, I'm not, I'm not gonna say I'm coming from a place of like bitterness or whatever, but this is like a serious issue that we definitely need to talk about. Um, my, my girl, Mirena Julia Avila was set to face Julia Stoliarenko. Avila made weight perfectly fine, posted pictures of it and was like, Hey, look, I'm healthy because I did my job as a professional. And Julia Stoliarenko is like, no, nah, let me just faint right quick. Twice. Yeah. She made weight. There's a video out there. She got on the scale. And I'm pretty sure they didn't actually finish the weigh-in, the initial weigh-in. Like they were trying to balance it or whatever. They're waiting for the weight to register. And then she just like, no, nope, let me just fall back. Fainted. Thankfully, there was a like there's a curtain behind them. Thankfully, there was a wall behind that curtain. Otherwise, she would have probably just cracked her head on the floor when she fell backward, even though she probably did her head on that wall initially. But she kind of slumped. It didn't look like it was too bad. But I mean, other than the actual fainting, like that's obviously very bad. I just mean as far as impact. Then apparently they let her weigh again. Like she was sitting on a chair for a while and was like, okay, let's weigh in again. She weighed 135.5 and fainted again. Yeah, how nice. Like, what is it going to take? Is someone going to have to die from weight cutting? Like, Chael Sun talks about on his podcast, or he used to, uh, about the weight cutting issues that was happening in, like, NCAA wrestling. And he said it was, like, in 1997 or so, three wrestlers died in the same year. And they were like, oh, that's it. Let's shut this down. And they made everyone move up a weight class. I think, or actually, actually, I think they made a move up like 10 pounds, which in the UFC is a weight class, but in wrestling, it, it's like five pounds or something. And they mm-hmm. added other weight classes. So there's one like every three pounds or so, like boxing. And that kind of stopped it in its tracks. Like you can't really hard wake up. Although we do see now in MMA, still the people that cut the most weight are wrestlers for the most part, because they just grew up in that weight cutting culture. But even still, yeah. like it's so bad. Like, You'd think with with seeing the success of guys moving up and, and having success that we wouldn't see this happen. But still, there's pressure like – and I don't want to bring her into this because Macy made weight successfully, but uh, Macy has had some really tough weight cuts at 135, and she's someone who can make 145 easily. But her team is like, no, we need her to fight at 135 to, to get more experience before she's ready because at 145, there is no division. It's either – you fight Felicia Spencer or Megan Anderson, or you fight for the title. And that those are your only options. Yeah. And so, well, I mean, not anymore. Well, yeah. I mean, Megan's gone, <laughs> um, but I, I it, it's just like, they're, they're doing themselves to, to have a certain set of like, I mean, in, in a different competitive field than, than they need to be. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of, upset about the whole thing so i'm not even sounding coherently but do you have any thoughts to add i mean i i talked for a lot um no i yeah it's it's just a crazy thing to to watch and witness you know i mean i mean the whole sport's been pretty crazy this this year as far as like the controversies that have come up but you know there's always that stuff that that happens but this this one is one that's kind of consistent across the the UFC over the years. Like, you know, it's just, you see it, you see it, you hear about it. It's, you know, the worst thing for these fighters. Um, I'm trying to think of like a solution that they could do, but eh, your best bet is to just like, 
I don't know. Just, just, yeah, just, I don't know. You have, you have six weeks, uh, usually have a six week camp, something like that, depending sometimes more, um, sometimes less six week is like, right. considered not a full camp. Right. But it, it just mean like, you know, just, I don't know. It, I understand that it's a really tough thing and you're usually cutting weight like the week before, like weirdly enough, like it's not like, a. Yeah. sometimes people, uh, fighters implement it into a gradual process into their fight. Uh, camp but sometimes it's like okay we're gonna fight 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 which i understand as far as depletion goes um and then in the last week um they're like okay we'll just focus on weight cutting you already have your skills ready let's get your weight as far down as we can and then it's like kind of a rush to get there no absolutely um so something like that can kind of be figured out well i have a couple of thoughts to to add now that you say that to kind of expound upon it because it's always this thing around i feel like in the mma community they're like if you've never cut weight then shut up about it you don't know about it. it's like bro i'll fucking say what i want first of all and then you know watching the sport for as long as i have and kind of not really researching like you can't really research weight cutting necessarily but just watching videos and, and people talk about it like i feel like i know sort of what goes on and i was thinking about how we i think we said this before Paul Felder made weight mm, yep. against RDA on like five days notice. And he said he was, he weighed like 20 pounds over the limit. He cut 20 pounds in those days. No excuse, bro. And I was thinking like for fall for, for Paul Felder specifically, I remember watching a video uh, of him. I think it was in one of those MMA digest videos where they just like cut together a lot of like Instagram posts from fighters and stuff like that. And it was, it was several, not several, but it was a few years ago, probably two or three years ago. I don't know if that qualifies as several, but he, I think it was doing some sort of Q and a or something. And some fan was like asking, when does your weight cut start? He's like, for 155, eight weeks out. He's like, I'm not as young as these other guys. Like my body needs more time to get that down. I start water loading. I start this. It's a, it's a science. Like uh, the homie KGB has said this before, like weight cutting is a science. If you miss weight, you did something wrong. It is your fault. Uh, and that's, I mean, I'm paraphrasing and maybe just putting words in their mouth, but you know, like that's where I come with it. So yes, the promoters need to do something about it. Cause like, I think like weight cutting is a terrible part of the sport that can be rectified. Like they can be in control of that to where they say like, don't, you know, do that or, or add more weight classes. But at the same time, maybe people are still going to like, you can't force people to fight at a certain weight. Like they're going to fight it the weight they want to based yeah. on who else is in the weight class. And they think they can be able to have an advantage because the weight cutting is, is trying to get an advantage, like trying to get to like, you know, your optimum, condition and, and i mean look you know like i said the thing that the biggest problem i've ever had with weight cutting is the um the interviews after weight cutting how much do you think you'll be when you go into the ring oh about 180 oh it's a it's a you know 155 uh yeah. weight class like what like why are we having these conversations oh, why no. is this even a thing why are we doing this why are we why why are we having that conversation afterwards it just pissed me off when i saw it the first time i was like well I, I get it, but it doesn't actually doesn't make any sense because it's actually not true. Guess what? All these people that have fought, fought for these belts, hey guys, factually, when they were in that ring, they were not fighting for that weight class. Exactly. But it's weird. Like I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, like how is how is this group of people that generally weighs about the same agreed to deplete themselves, dehydrate themselves to get to uh, a 
arbitrary way. Let's, I mean, it's a very specific, but let's call it arbitrary. But just a time to be on the scale for just exactly. a little bit of time. Right. For, for, for once, like DC even said this, and he, he said it in like defense of, of weight cutting, I guess. But if you look at it, it was sort of like not in defense of weight cutting. He was like, p- people ask how I get down to 205. Like, I only weigh 205 for like a second. Like, oh, yeah. I only get down to 205 for like an hour. You know, I cut that last pound. Then I'm at 205 uh, when I step on the scale and then I start hydrating and I get up to 230. It's like, bro, <laughs> you just described why. And I mean, ultimately he did go up to heavyweight, but like you just described why weight cutting should not exist. Yeah. It just doesn't, it just does not make sense. Like I said, if we, it, it, it yeah, it's, it's dumb. It's, it's a, it's a dumb thing when you think about it that way, the people that were in the ring that were in the, in the octagon were not the same weight that they were when they were on the scale. So what the hell? Which is why I would like to see. Um, I would just like to see more. More fighters people fighting, fighting yeah. essentially, oh, or at the very least, people fighting at their natural natural weight. Well, I mean, yeah, that like that's what I'm let's say like move up because there isn't like, you know, commissions have to sanction it to people be fighting the same size because otherwise you can't just like, you know, there has to be somewhere where you meet in the middle, but. You know, I mean, then you start getting confused with belts and, and yeah, no, I mean, I get that. I just, I mean, there still should be weight classes. I just mean that, that just, yeah, you're right. Maybe the fighters should either move up or, or something like, but you know, it's kind of, you know, you hear about these arguments of like people being, you know, uh, you know, that person should have gone down or should have gone up this whole time or, you know what I mean? Like, right. Talk about like, uh, I think Frank, Frank, um, you know, Bobby Knuckles, Frank, Frank Yeager, been- <laughs> yeah, um, um right you know they talk about him him going down uh, he should have been down this whole time or something like that yeah or, or up or i don't even know but either way you're just like yeah maybe that's a should be kind of i don't know like i said implementation ufc every four years get together with your commissions get together with everyone make your conversations international fight week <laughs> no you're i mean they have a fighter summit every couple of years where all the fighters get together and they talk about new things why not have a fucking commission summit? Like that's something that they can do that's in their control. Cause I, I meant to talk about this earlier, like Andy Foster, the commissioner for California has a great plan to help eliminate weight cutting. And as far as that goes, like he was the first person to introduce the early weigh-ins and then everyone did it. And it was like, he had a 10 point plan, which was like, you know, we're going to weigh these fighters like 30 days out. And if they are not within a certain threshold, then they'll be forced to move up. Like Aljo fought uh and Burrell and, it was supposed to be a 135 pound fight and I forget which one of them was too heavy. Could have been Burrell, honestly, but Aljo is also a really big 135er. And they were like, Oh, guess what? This is now a catch weight of 140. They did that. The commission was like, we're not licensing this fight at 135. It has to be a catch weight of 140. And so I don't know, maybe like we obviously can't have events in California right now. Everything has to be in the fucking apex, but uh, I, I wish we could uh, have Andy Foster run the whole fucking sport. <laughs> well, so anyways, weight cutting, bad. Exactly. I was gonna say, we, we, we beat this horse to death. I think it's time to, to move on to the actual fights. Um, we're going to highlight two prelims and then get into the main car, obviously. Start us off with your uh, prelim. I mean, guys, it's, it's tough to, t- to look away from, but that Grant Darson, that Grant Darson and that uh, Leonardo Slant- Slantos was so great. <laughs> Okay, so um, during prelims, 
they usually don't show corners. Last night, I, I, this morning, I was on Twitter. They showed they showed Grant Dawson's corner, and you know who was in that corner? James motherfucking Big Dick Krause. And if you haven't seen it, he fucking gives him a fucking speech, just like he did to um, Julian Marquez. Same thing, exact same type of speech. Exact. Put some respect on my guy's name. It works. It worked. I mean, at the very last second. Hey, man. Fucking mouthpiece flying out of his fucking mouth. I mean, oh. when I saw him hit him the first time, I was like, oh, okay, like, you know, whatever. It's going to end. Or it's it's going to, you know, the, 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 the bell's going to ring. Anyway. Whatever that means. Uh, uh, yeah, which just means the fight's over. Anyway, um, when I saw him hammer fist him once, I was like, okay. And then the second hammer fist that bounced his head off the canvas, I was like, okay. And then the third one, when it knocked him out, I was like, all right, he's all dead. Right. Yeah. Um, but that fight was uh, pretty good uh, the entire time. And, you know, that's, that's just the pick because of how spectacular the ending was. I mean, we're talking like very you know, buzzer beater, like amazingly done. Um, not to say that the other fights weren't, weren't amazing, but this one obviously was just the highlight of the prelims just because of, of, you know, just the, the grit that, that Grant, um, had, um, grit grant. Uh, that's what they should call him. Grit grant. Totally. Grant, grant grit Dawson. Dude. What if Charles Jordan was channeling James Krause? I just thought of that when he was talking to his, I was like, I have to be champion. I have to go. No, (laughs) no, uh -uh, I can't. No. <laughs> listen listen air air shardan was channeling himself man he like was. i can't i can't give that credit to anybody else he was just channeling himself because he was like i'm going to fucking do it yes. whoever whatever accent that is anyway um i need to be like nike just do it yeah yeah exactly <laughs> i mean i wish he would have said that um but yeah the the, the man that great it was such a great clean clean knockout um you know, clearly, uh, like obvious of a knockout, and yeah. uh, I don't know. It was just, it was just good. The fight, the, the I mean, uh, Leonardo was really putting it on him um, throughout a good, uh, like pretty much the whole. He was losing that fight. Yeah. Um. So you know, we'll see. Uh. Uh. Where? Wait. Did you Grant, think Grant did, was losing, or? Yeah. Yeah, because that's what James Cross was. Yeah, that's what James Cross was saying in the corner. He was like, "You, you're losing." He was like, you're losing. You've, you lost at least two of those. Uh, you lost the first, those first two rounds. Like he was like, we got to get something. Cause if you don't, you're going to lose. That's interesting. Because I remember like, I, I think he said like, <clears throat> I was at the end of the first round. They, they were like, okay, you probably lost that round. We needed a strong second round. I thought he won the second round and then he was on his way to winning the third. Like it could have, it could have easily been a decision win for him. But he, like, I remember him saying in the, at least, at least by my scoring anyway. And I remember him saying in the post fight, like, Oh, we don't know. Like, I could have right, been, well, yeah. been up and I was like, it could have been one apiece. I, I think, like, I think that's what, I think that's what James Krause was saying. Essentially. It was like, look, you don't, right. we, because we don't can't know, you got to go. Yeah, you got, exactly. Um, so, I mean, I mean, great, great and great finish. Uh, I don't, I didn't watch the performance bonuses, but I assume he got it. Yeah. He fucking um, better have. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't think I'm trying to think of anyone else like did anything super spectacular other than your, prelim pick yeah which we're gonna do a second i just my last thought on on this fight um so uh i've talked about before i'm in this pick em league with a with a couple of fighters and like mma twitter people and um i went nine and one for the whole night which is insane for me 
by the way, stop putting some respect on my goddamn name. But anyway, uh, that one loss was was this fight. I picked Leonardo Santos, and oh, I was happy to be wrong. I mean, it sucks seeing a guy like that get beat up, a guy who's so talented and, and has been in the game for a long time, but fucking Grant Dawson put it on him. Like like I said, I had him winning, and then he's like, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to solidify this. Just those hammer fists, nasty, dude, and the mouthpiece popping out. Yeah, it was was, yeah, cherry on top. Cherry was, on top. It was very violent. I mean, compared to your fight. Yeah, no, that, like, that, that's the other thing. Like my the, my other pick for a fight of the night would have been this next fight: Macy Chasson versus Marion Renault. Um, I just saw auto corrected me dirty on the notes. Um, Macy Chasson beat the dog shit out of Marion Renault, dude. Yep. And uh, it's one of those things like MMA Twitter. We fucking love Macy. I have not, I mean, the only time I saw any negative stuff was when she kind of like went at Valerie Loreda for no reason. And they had this beef and I was definitely like, Macy, you're wilding right now. And there are people that are like, no, she was talking the truth. Like people are fucking whatever. I did a whole episode mm-hmm. about with Fernanda. But anyway, dude, when Macy fights, it's like the whole timeline is on fire because our girl Jamie is like her training partner and fucking... Kairos is that's his favorite fighter so we keep the energy going for Macy and I was just mm-hmm. like there's no fucking way she's losing this and she dog walked Marion Renault. it was beautiful yeah. um, and I didn't score each round necessarily maybe Marion got the first round but I, I remember feeling at the end like oh she won every round um, but the, I guess it was 29 28 across the board and those are the scorecards I saw people throwing out as well that's why I don't judge fights but anyway dude Macy looks great and yep. there may be someone listening right now who think thought that she didn't look good i'm here to tell you you're wrong macy is a future champion because by the time she comes the ladder amanda Nunes is going to be retired like i'm not i'm not saying you're saying she's going to be amanda Nunes, the fucking greatest woman's fighter of all time but by the time she gets a title shot that will not be a factor yeah she definitely has the grit and the power to do it i mean she fucking broke her nose she broken oh my god Mary Minos, you know no, so it was yeah, she broke Marion Renault's no nose nose yeah exactly um yeah she looked she looked I mean just just great in there I mean just and you're right it was it was very violent yeah. um they Ooh. were the, the and man towards the end the girls were really going at it so yeah and, and credit to Marion I guess for for you know hanging whatever like, <laughs> I it guess takes two to tango no just like like Macy went in there was like oh hey hey Marion you anti-masker <laughs> you someone who doesn't believe in masks uh let me beat the shit out of you <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's exactly what you said hey hey you an educator of young minds <laughs> you're a teacher and you're spreading that anti-mask rhetoric to young minds let me beat the shit out of you <laughs> but um, uh, honestly f- the fight was yeah chef's great. kiss i loved every second of it and uh, looking forward to seeing what Macy goes from here. Yeah. But um, the fucking prelims, dude. Let's go the main on. Card. Let's go on to that main cord. Tai Tuivasa versus Harry Hunsecker. Ended via KO. Forty-nine seconds of the first round for for Tai. Not a lot to say here, other than let's fucking go, Tai Tuivasa. He yeah. obviously was supposed to fight Dontel Mays. 
And uh, Leo, who did you who did you pick for this fight? I can't remember. I, I picked Dontel Mace. Okay. So <laughs> by virtue of that, uh, yeah, Juice Juice gets this one, but uh, uh, you know. Listen, I took it off the record. I know you said keep it on the record, but I, but I took it off the record. That way, it didn't matter either way. Um, but no, I lo- I lose hard, bro. Put it back up there. I don't care. Okay, I'll put it. Okay. Yeah, put yeah, put five. I don't care. Yeah. Okay. Damn. I don't so, give a damn what my record is. That's true. Uh, bro, you think I care? Come on, bro. Dante, Don, whatever. Dante Montel Williams, whatever his name is. Like I, uh, what? <laughs> I just love how at the end of the last episode, I was like, "Look, we're completely opposite." So that could go, you know, either really good or really bad. Where there's not not a possibility that we're going to be tied, like we have been. Like we're going to fucking separate right now. And then yeah. it was like landslide clear. like i was like yeah very was, big landslide dude i was expecting you to beat me because honestly it felt like i'm one of those moments like ufc 244 I, I, i'll never forget this because i made all my picks and i was in this like i think i was in the this like five pick championship at the moment and i was like trying really hard to like be a, a like analytical mind and like turn it on and i was thinking yep. about who i wanted to win and who i thought would win and they were conflicted like each time and i huh. went with my brain and my brain was fucking wrong like really wrong <laughs> and so from that moment on it's been like you know what we're fucking picking with our heart 100 of the time and this time it felt like being more like sometimes it's got me into trade it's got me into trouble because like it's not always right but at the same time i was like this feels like this moments where where leo is like benefiting from not knowing how fucking problematic some of these people are. And that wasn't the case. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, it definitely wasn't. No, all the problematic people got beat <laughs> last night. Yeah. I will say this. I hope um, Harry Hunsecker, they, I hope they give him another chance because he, he took a fight on short notice. He saved the, the, not the whole car, obviously, but he saved that fight. You know, obviously Ty was still able to get his payday because of that. So if they don't give him another shot, uh, I'll be sad. Like, let him, dude, let him fight Dante May. He's like, yeah, that'd be good. Fucking a. Uh, moving All on, right. we had Adrian Yanez defeating Gustavo Lopez at 20, 27 seconds of round number three. What did you think of this fight? Uh, it was great. I mean, a good back and forth between the two guys. Uh, and then fucking Yanez just put it on him. Just beat the brakes out of him yeah dude i was dude i was expecting honestly no disrespect to gustavo like i was expecting a, probably a first or second round knockout from adrian like that kid is fucking slick and yeah. i was expecting that and and they were showing the package uh the narration from our boy fitzy i shouldn't mm-hmm. say our boy because shit on him all the time but uh fucking gustavo was trying to strike with him and what i was gonna say in the in the package they were like surging striker adrian yanez meets skilled submission artist gustavo lopez and they showed him like getting a rear naked choke win or something like that i was like okay this guy's gonna try and grapple him did not even uh uh, attempt to take down one time it was just like his ego got in the way he was okay let me strike with him and he was doing well but i wouldn't say like it was like even if that had gone to the cards i mean Obviously, it was early in the third round, so we don't know how that round would have went. But like, I had Adrian winning, so I don't. I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, there we are. Well, there we are. But uh, looking forward to seeing where he goes. He he called for a um, a fight on the on the Houston event yes. that they're going to have. But we're going to get to this when we talk about in the news segment. But 
are you would you would you go to that Houston card? I know you're from that area, sort of. Um no, because Houston fucking sucks donkey balls. Um no, uh sorry to the Houston listeners that listen yeah. to this podcast. Sorry, There's Derek Lewis. I'm just kidding. Uh <laughs> no, I, I I mean I love everything about Texas, so I can't no. Um mm. no, no. Yeah, okay. Because in all honesty, like you know, they're they're gonna bring a huge card to California. It's not gonna happen yet. Oh, you mean eventually when they? Yeah, yeah. but the that's card true. that's gonna come to California is gonna be gigantic. That's uh, true. Whenever we open back up, so I'm not too worried about it. If it ever goes to Dallas, uh, I'd probably consider it because um, I think Dallas said no. Good yeah. on you um, for that. But anyway, um, yeah, no, probably not. By the way, when it comes to California, I'll be vaccinated by then. Let's go. But before we go any further, if that fucking Howlerhead whatever sponsored competition is still going on and I win tickets, <laughs> going. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm there. I'll fucking put nine masks <laughs> on. I don't care. <laughs> I, um, work with, I work with someone who, who wears two masks and a face shield. And yeah. it'll probably be me at the... Um, at the event like i have no problem going to the store with one mask and like my job I, I never double mask but in a fucking crazy place like that i probably would and i would i would do it to watch fights live again yeah of course which would be a fucking awesome experience so um anyway uh on to our next it, fight which has some speak, controversy on it yeah speaking of 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 awesome montserrat conejo ruiz defeated cheyenne bays via unanimous decision i texted you this morning so leo didn't get to watch the fights live he was taking care of business and that makes it sound like it was something different yeah he was definitely yeah, i was uh, filming yeah, yeah, yeah I was okay filming not definitely not taking filming. care of that business yeah, yeah because different we talked business. about that business too like much actual business and guys just so you know haven't taken care of business this whole time oh, i'm sorry if you're in the la area hit my boy up anyway what's dude. up anyways what's up <laughs> gonna hire an escort yeah. and i and i'm not gonna disrespect them and i'm gonna say <laughs> what you do is worth the money <laughs> if you if you're uh, an only fans performer in the los angeles area please hit my boy leo up they will make content on camera i'm just kidding gang gang yeah i, I mean man, i'm i'm there i'm there let's you're, do you're it there? i don't care yeah i'm there peg it love that for you i love it <laughs> Uh, anyway, so I, I texted you this morning. I was like, "Do you want Cliff's notes?" I, I asked him because I was going to tell you, "Hey, if you watch the first round of Ruiz versus Base, you watched the whole fight, right? So right. Everything she would pressure, she being uh, Montserrat, she would pressure her and uh, just get a head and arm throw and fucking had her in this scarf hold and dude, just this this scarf hold the whole time. Like I was like, man, this is lasting a long time. But dude, she was just like really putting it on her on the ground like just really forcing all of her body weight and like just being like no you ain't leaving nowhere i wish like someone should i mean maybe it was really good defense on the part of bays i don't know because i'm not a grappler but i think someone should teach uh her how to finish from that position because if she would have gotten like the first scarf hold in women's mma maybe even the first in the ufc like that would have fucking sent her stock through the roof dude like stonks just straight to the moon uh, yeah. because Josh Barnett is known for that submission. He has gotten it in grappling competitions. I don't think he's gotten in the UFC. Alexi Olenek has gotten it in MMA, I believe, just not in the UFC. He had Derek Lewis in it almost, but Derek Lewis didn't didn't tap to it. Because um, he's Derek Lewis. Because so. he's Derek fucking Lewis. Um, 
And Montserrat had her the whole time, but it was just like, she was just stifling her and kind of landing punches. It honestly was kind of boring, but. Uh, yeah, but, but at the very end, um, you know, the highlight of the whole thing um, when they were like, really, really like just going wild at the very end. Um, and then. Uh, Montserrat. Uh, or I can't remember, but they said that they that it looked like she spit in her face and it did look like that. Yeah. Um, we, we but about that in the forum. Okay. Just, well, yeah, we'll talk about I, it. I, I completely missed that. And I, I've just been reading about it on Twitter. I'm like, wow, this is fucking wild. It uh, was wild. The ending was wild. Yeah. Yeah. But people are making a lot of jokes about it. Cause it's funny. Cause yeah, it is. Funny. Anyways, anyways, we'll, we'll talk jokes about are funny. The jokes are funny. Yeah, that's yeah. true. If you didn't know this jokes are funny. Yeah, that's true. Well, so true. It's so true. Um, well, moving on from that fucking fight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's just, it's just ladies, but... yeah, exactly. It was just, like I said, the hold was just, it lasted so long in both the rounds, <laughs> like in, yeah. in all the rounds, like the way she got it every time. And she basically to called get... herself the female Habib in the, in, in the promo package or whatever, the, pre, the pre-fight B-roll where she was just like, yeah, my pressure and my wrestling is like Habib. I was like, it's not. <laughs> but actually, I mean, they were saying that she was like, you know, you know, decorated wrestler in, in Mexico. Yeah, yeah. All right. On to our next fight. I gotta, yeah, I got to say, next fight, Max Griffin versus Kanan Song. Um, Max won via KO. Two minutes, 20 seconds of round number one. I honestly, like when we were doing our picks last week, I was like, oh, this is Max Griffin's fight. And then when they were playing the package, I remember that Kenan song is actually kind of a beast. And I was like, fuck, I'm worried. Cause like Max Griffin will sometimes have like an amazing performance. And then the next fight, he'll be like, he's like, he, dude, he's like the welterweight Alex Casera. It's like, he'll sometimes like go in there and like beat someone up. And then he'll just go in there and get beat the fuck up the next fight. So I was just like, damn, could this be the one? But no, he, he shut the lights out. He just was like, had no respect for songs power, no respect for anything. He just like pushing forward, trying to, he was headhunting the whole time, and eventually, and that was a, uh, and that was a, that was a clean knockout, like canvas face down, flat on the canvas, like he slumped knocked him. out, yeah, slumped him, yeah, very, slumped yeah, and um, yeah, he looked good. I mean, he was, you know, he was really putting it on, just going forward and 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 putting that pressure, and just got through, and and uh, literally just knocked him out very nicely. Yeah, uh, in the post interview, he called out Jeff Neal. Uh, all due respect. And I know Jeff Neal just got worked in his last fight against your boy, Wonder Boy. Jeff Neal would hurt Max Griffin badly. Yeah. And I say that with, with respect to both guys, like Jeff Neal would hurt Max Griffin pretty badly. Any disagreements there? No, I don't. I don't. I think that's true. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look what he did to Bilal. And I think Bilal would, would work Max Griffin as well. Like, <clears throat> yeah, bro. <laughs> It ain't an easy sport to be in, you know? And, and last time uh, Max Griffin got fucking worked really badly was from uh, Alex Morono, who trains with Jeff Neal. Uh, same yeah, coach, same up. theme, same yeah. style. Oh, I'm wait. Uh, someone else called out someone big. And I think it was uh, Grant. Grant Dawson called out. Clay Guida. Yes, he did. That's right. Because he, yeah. He, dude, that was so awkward as well. Like people were talking about 
his call out. He was like, I have two call outs. And then he like, Clay, he was like, Clay Guida, you said you want an up and comer. You said you want someone with not a record. I, you said you want someone to lightweight. I meet all those criteria. Yeah, yeah. And he just was like being super diplomatic about it. I was like, okay. And then he was like, Paul Felder. And Paul was like, whoa, 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 whoa. And then he was like, follow me on Instagram. <laughs> I was like, that was pretty funny. Yeah, uh, well, there we are. <laughs> I love Paul uh, Felder too. I'm not simping for a follow on Instagram. You would though. I would. I mean, let's be honest. Are you kidding me? Anything. That big dragon energy, <laughs> dude. Yeah. My homie, uh, buddy from the MMA marks, uh, <laughs> he DM Paul Felder one time, <clears throat> and he was like, "You look like a who from Whoville." <laughs> wow. Like, and, and Paul responded, "Fuck you." <laughs> <laughs> and then they had apparently like a banter where he just was like like i'll just fuck with him or whatever i guess he didn't really take offense to it but it was i always think about that when i think about paul felder and instagram that's great yeah well you mean who felder yeah shout out to buddy uh yeah who who felt <laughs> who felder i hate you <laughs> all right and now... and now we're at the main event dude and i just have to say I hate being right sometimes. Well, actually, um, mm. I mean, Derek, ju- ju- I mean, it's a, it's very simple. Derek is more skilled than Kevin Holland. He just has a, a different skill set that Kevin Holland does not have. Absolutely. I don't understand. Like the talking and stuff like that. I love from Kevin Holland. And like, the idea that people are like, oh, he's like talking too much. And I was like, look, man, that's already going to be his part. He's been fighting that way for the last eight fights that he's had. And mm-hmm. also, like I said, uh, well, like I, I haven't said it yet, but, you know, he fought. That's crazy. He, I didn't know that he fought five times in 2020. But also, yeah. I didn't know that he didn't start fighting in 2020 till May, which is even more right. crazy. It's not like, you know, spaced out evenly. It's It was like boom 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 like you know what i mean like the venga boy song yeah um and uh um just like that and uh and yeah i just like i said to to say that that kevin holland um is a bad fighter is wrong because obviously he fights a lot and he likes fighting which is that but but yeah Derek brunson had a skill set that kevin holland needs to work on granted kevin holland's path to victory um obviously is getting out of those situations when he does get into them. Um, and that's something that you like a change. Like, let's say if they were like, Oh, like it was a close competition and they had to rematch again. Like that's a long developmental game. Exactly. There's a skill gap in one area that Brunson can just exploit every time until. Yeah. Until for, for a while, Kevin Holland, like would have to go into the gym and train that like on his own to get more well-rounded because he's already a great striker. He's, you know, right. and he's, and, and they both have, um, they both had great amount of stamina. Like uh, Kevin Holland was doing still, still throwing some pretty good strikes uh, in the fifth round. Yeah, uh, so that was, heat. that was pretty impressive. Um, but like I said, it's, it's just, it was just a matter of literally just showing some, someone who having skill and everyone's like, uh, lay and pray. And I was like, ah, it didn't look like that to me. Derek Brunson really took him down a good amount of times. And then, right. um, I mean, you know, and props to Kevin Holland. I mean, you know, he was like, he was like, when he, when he took, took down Derek Brunson, never happened in the UFC before. 
And he was like, yeah, I did it. I fucking did it. And I was like, that's amazing. That is pretty amazing. If you think about it. Um, so anyway, yeah, dude, it was, it was wild. So, and, and I want to say this about the talking, cause it was like you said, it's his thing. It's been his thing. It's not like a new thing, but I think for some reason, I think the moment got to him a little bit because he did it way more than he ever has. And I think it's, he was like become known for it. And it got to a point where he was like, like talking to Dana in between rounds, talking to Habib, begging Habib for advice. Dude, that was so cringe. It was so sad to watch. And like doing it during the fight when he's in a compromised position, his corner was probably going nuts on him. Like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Because he, it was almost like he was not respecting Brunson. And Dana said something where, like I, I saw a quote from him, and and sometimes post-fight quotes, especially talking about a fighter that just lost from Dana, are usually worth about as much as the fucking shit I took right before we start recording. Like, completely worthless. But but Dana said something that I think maybe has a little bit of validity where he was like, I've never seen anything like it where someone was just doing that the whole time. Like, I think maybe the moment got to him and it was like, he was nervous. And that, to me, holds a little, at least a little bit of weight. It's, it's at least worth going like, maybe. Like, maybe he was just, you know in the moment and it was just like too big for him and he didn't know how else to do it but because he was talking the whole entire time and i understand that like no fans have amplified his because he was doing that apparently even like the santos fight and this whole and this contender series fight yeah but bro like the entire time just talking like and i love brunson that was like he was like all i was thinking about was just hitting him in the mouth to fucking stop that talking (laughs) yeah i mean he you know that's a part of his 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 thing Look, at the end of the day, you can do whatever the hell you want in the in the in the octagon as far as like trash talking goes and whatnot. And it's not really like that's what I'm saying. For for Kevin Hall, it's not really trash talking. That's what's so interesting about it. It's just it's just talking. Right. I think it's it's just, it's just taking away the filter. It's just being unfiltered and just like stream of consciousness. Let me just say everything that's on my mind. Yeah. It seems like it's very therapeutic for him. Therapeutic. And can I just say uh maybe it was just because i was annoyed at kevin holland the whole time uh for saying that he would fuck his covid ridden girlfriend like it was just (laughs) so disgusting um (laughs) like the fact that they gave him so much attention on the broadcast by like showing clips from like the countdown show or whatever when like him just like buying things like buying his rings and showing off his shoe collection i was like Hey, bro, is this Cribs or is this the Ultimate Fighting Championship? Yeah, yeah. And you know I mean, me, like, I like the non-fighting stuff. Like, I like to know about yeah, the person. I liked it. I was just, it was so much of it. I felt like I was inundated. It was just like, oh man, he's gonna lose. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I don't. They didn't. They certainly didn't do that much on Derek. <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah, so right? definitely was a little bit of a bias. But, but I, I mean, I get. I mean, it's tough. You know, it's, it's it's a tough time for the promoters because the reason why is because um you know you you win you know you win five in a row last year and you have this confidence and you know what you did to to uh jacare i mean you know there's there's a little bit of like hey like how are you doing i mean he made what uh well i don't even know how much he made last year but he made a pretty good amount i mean for for all the win bonuses considered um but but even so i just i don't know there is all there's definitely some sort of bias that will happen um as far as it like, comes to promos um but we'll see i mean what, what do you call it ufc embedded starts this week for you know the and ganu and and steve so Oof, can't wait for that 
Yeah. Um, so and yeah, you know, that, I was that thinking caught, about oh. that Jacare knockout for most of this fight too, right. because at the same time, like like I said, Brunson was my pick. I was like, okay, after the first round, I was like, oh, dude, he's gonna do this the whole fight. Uh, but then there would be moments during the standup where Holland would kind of catch him. Brunson would maybe stumble and then he would rush him and come back with his own shit. Brunson's always been kind of a really sloppy striker. And I think like, like I'm going to say one day it's going to like hurt him, but it already has like Whitaker fucking capitalized on that 100%. But um, what's it called? The whole time I was thinking, what if Holland does the same shit that he did to Jacare on the bottom to Brunson? Like just, Gets that Which could have happened, yeah. Whatever he did, where he kind of like uh, yeah. his momentum Kicked and just him. yeah slingshot yep. his fucking like that could have happened at, at any point. And I was like, oh, but oh yeah, Brunson no, I totally job. agree. Also, Brunson should have finished that arm triangle. I think it was like the third round or the fourth round. Like Bisping was even saying on the broadcast, and Bisping is he may have gotten his black belt by now in jujitsu, but mostly he's obviously a striker. And he was like, uh use your hips like like flatten out and 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 lean into it rather than just squeeze he's like he's gonna burn his arm out and i was kind of thinking that same thing like holland wasn't doing a ton to defend it other than just like hang in there and i was like why isn't he finishing this arm triangle but i guess a five round fucking total domination is more demoralizing yeah uh but either way good good night of fights fun um exciting uh you know Started with a dick kick and an eye poke. It was great. Oof. Yeah, that uh, that Bay's uh, Silva fight was... And I love how they acknowledge uh, on the broadcast, by the way, Mark Smith, I guess, came and talked to Bisping after that fight and said all the refs had a meeting collectively and they're going to come. I think it was just that night, honestly. Like, I don't have hopes that they're going to always be like this, but they said they're going to come down on fouls. But even still, in that he goes, second hard warning. Like, okay, dude, take a fucking point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't yeah, don't say second. If you're saying you're gonna come down on fouls, take a fucking point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're gonna come down, just tell them. Yeah, I already gave you the rules. Fucking put your fucking hands down. Yeah. Stop raising your stop raising your ankles to Jesus or whatever they say. Yeah, stop raising your ankles to Jesus. <laughs> Anyways, uh <laughs> that's what the we're gonna call in Africa. That, that's what we're gonna call this episode. Stop raising your ankles to Jesus. <laughs> yeah. That's great. It's great. All right. <laughs> um, all right. So I lost every single one of those fights. Uh, every single and Juice one. Won every single yeah. one. Yeah. So for the main card for our predictions, uh, I was five and zero. Oh, Leo was zero oh and five, unfortunately. And uh, due to time constraints, I didn't look back at the record. Why don't we do it right now? So. Well, I mean, it's devastation. So, so I was eleven and eight before for overall. You were ten and nine. So that means uh, you are now 10 and 14. 14. <laughs> and I am 16 and 8. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'll turn it around at some point. Yeah, we'll see. Or, or not. Uh, that, yeah, definitely not. <laughs> okay. I have faith in you. I, I, we uh, started talking before recording. I little, little legitimately expected you to win this one because I was just very set in like who I wanted to pick and I wasn't even being analytical about it. All right. Should we um, take a break? Well, I think we should talk about the news. Okay, let's talk about the news. 
the yeah, that's, just, that's what we do. Yeah, we. Oh, have, there's we, actually another piece of news that you forgot to put on there. Oh, did I? Yeah. You know what? Do you want to go Fucking, do that first, or no? Uh, no, I'm gonna do it right now. Don't worry about it. <laughs> hey guys, next week fight. Next week's. I can't even speak. Hey guys, next next week's fight card fucking sucks now. Oh, dude, you're right. Now I know what you're gonna say. Oh, fuck. Hey guys, Bogdanovsky, Ortega, up the fucking table. Told us last night, guys. The idea of the violence that was coming to my head when I thought of that that fight was so palpable. Why can't we have nice things? Yeah. Now, the co-headliner is Tyron Woodley and Vicente Luque. Dude. Hey, man. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, honestly, dude, I I looked at the whole card. UFC, keep it. Hey, I looked at the whole card. Guess what? Definitely streaming. I wasn't I wasn't gonna before, just kidding, totally was. But (laughs) now 100 percent streaming. Yeah, 100 percent 150 percent dude. Man, so I I looked at the card again. I saw the early prelims and saw, and I'm like, man, who's buying this shit? There's maybe a couple of people that listen there like, well, I buy for I well, every well, it's, <laughs> it's every fighter. Mm, the thing is the fighters. Mm. Guys, if you don't support the lawsuit, you don't support them. Yeah. Fuck that. You support Papa Dana and not the fighters. When the lawsuit goes through, then you can start buying. You talk about that lawsuit every episode, and I love it. It's important, man. Yeah, it is. Five billion dollars. Run them yeah. for filth, okay? Run Papa Dana and the Fatata brothers or whatever they're fucking called. Fatata brothers. Yeah, whatever they're called. Run them for filth. Fucking Fertita yeah. brothers. Okay, I don't care about. I know you like pronouncing things right, but I gotta put some. I I'm putting disrespect on yeah. their name. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I don't give. Let's call them the Fatata brothers. I don't yeah, for taking money. all of their goddamn money out of their fighters' pockets, man. Yeah, Fatata, all the money from the fighters' pockets. Yeah, Fatatas. Anyways, fuck those motherfuckers. Yeah, dude. So, anyways, yeah. Speaking Fuck. of fuck those motherfuckers, <laughs> the UFC announced that they're bringing fans back to events at UFC 261, April 24th in Jacksonville, Florida. I believe it's the same arena that they did the first card back from after lockdown last year, which honestly, fine. Like it isn't really going to affect me. Like I'm not going to sit here and get on a fucking high horse about it because first of all, it's taking place in Florida. <laughs> which is already 100% open, basically. There are almost no restrictions. Like uh, the homie Gator from the my group chat is like, he lives in Florida. He put, he sent us a picture one time of like uh, being in line for food or something. And he was the only one wearing a mask. He was like, all these people have no mask on. Like they don't give a fuck. So them having that is basically just the governor being like, yeah, I want it. Bring it here. It isn't like anything that they had to go through some red tape or whatever. It's not some big act of like defiance. It literally just is like, Oh, Florida doesn't care. Let's go there. And if I'm being honest, like they could have waited maybe until June and, and hopefully there would have been like way more people vaccinated by that time or to where it would have been like totally fine. And now it's just like, 
okay, Florida is going to continue to be a hotbed for COVID and no one's going to give a fuck. So I'm going to continue to say, even though I say that New Jersey and Florida are so close all the time, they're really not. I'm going to continue to say safe in my corner of the world where it's not fucking Florida and uh, let Florida have their COVID event. Yeah. At the end of the day, like you're, you know, with all this opening, I mean, it's just slowly but surely going to get to you or near you soon. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it's going to (laughs) get, I, I mean, just as far as the openings go, as far as the uh, arenas go, opening. Um, so, you know, it, it might be in New York, you know, in, you know, by the end of the year, it might be. Uh, I don't know. Cuomo's what's the place? Crazy. What's the place in New Jersey? What's the place called? Like, uh, like, like it's called the Springsteen the pro- Jovi the pro- place. Provincial. <laughs> hey, you. I think um, the the pr- Prudential Arena or something like that. It's like, just yeah. So that's, po- you know, that's, that's, it's probably less possible, but you know, at this point with Texas and Florida having the two live events full capacity, you know, they're like, ah, fuck it. Let's go. Yeah. Honestly, all I want is, uh, is, uh, civility, uh, out of both parties. Um, like people who are wearing masks and people who are not, because part of me feels like what's, what's so unfortunate is like the triggering aspect of someone else, the anger of someone wearing a, sorry, the anger of someone that was told that they don't have to wear a mask against someone who is wearing a mask when they're drunk feels like it's a lot more heated than someone that is wearing a mask towards someone who isn't wearing a mask. I don't know why I feel that way. I just feel that, that as things start to open up and people are still trying to be safe, that people who are wearing masks can have targets on them because they're trying to be safe, which I think, oh, like I said, exactly. which I, which sucks. And I just wish that there was like civility on both sides but mainly I can see, you know, a bunch of drunk Texas boys seeing, you know, a couple of people wearing masks and be like, Hey, you, you, uh, you got a pussy under that yeah. fucking mask. <laughs> oh, dude, you're, you know you're reminding mean? me, like, I didn't even think about that. And, and yeah, like I've been to uh, a handful of live events and there are fights in the crowd. Like that's just a thing that happens. And that right. was when people, seemingly knew how to act like people have been not allowed to be at live events for a year and 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 people don't know how to fucking act like i was reminded like when you were saying that i was reminded of this meme that um my friends will and rachel made the theater lovers and they have this like uh they they took like the moment from uh it's always sunny in philadelphia when charlie brings like spaghetti to the opera house or something like that and he's like what is your spaghetti policy it was like mm-hmm. he uh when theater is finally open again like that's exactly what is fucking gonna happen like people are not gonna know how to act dude and then you're gonna compound that with like anti-mask versus pro mask and then like people are just gonna like oh yeah you gotta pussy under that like you're absolutely right dude like people are waiting to say that dude like as we speak people are yeah. like registering for pre-sale like saying like oh can't wait to shame some mask wearing pussies <laughs> like yeah exactly uh, yeah so that's why i'm just you know, it, be be safe out there. Either way, on both sides, um, mm. and just you know, hopefully the fights are good, and and we'll see. But yeah, I mean they're gonna be good. But all right, and then on to our other piece of news, which isn't even really news. The first part of it is not. So Dana finally said, okay, Habib is retired. The belt is vacant, and even throughout the whole thing, like dude, since Habib announced his retirement. I've been 
the man is retired. Let him enjoy his retirement. I'm not a uh, you know pro Habib guy by any stretch of the imagination, but I was like, let him be retired. Fucking the guy had his father pass away. Like I can't even imagine losing a family member that close to me, let alone one that was also your coach. And he made a promise to his mom saying, I will not compete anymore. And you have Danny saying like, let's, uh, let's not make any rash decisions. Like, come on, bro. Yeah. No, no rash money decisions. Even like on the, on the, on the post show. And like, I saw quotes from, from articles are written about it where um, Habib said, no, I, I retired the whole time. Like people even said, uh, you know, when Dana announced it, there were all the comments were, hey man, he retired five months ago. <laughs> like, that's it. That's it. You know, so that part isn't news. It's just it's finally the UFC is moving on. Like Habib moved on way, like he's been coaching at events. Like the guy moved on. And what we now get is Chandler, Michael Chandler versus Charles Oliveira. Uh, actually, you know, I learned recently from listening to Fernandez podcasts, it's actually pronounced Charles, which uh, makes sense because it's, you know, Portuguese, but I just never thought I would oh, just say Charles. But Charles. Like, Charles Oliveira uh, for the vacant belt at UFC 262, May 15th. Fucking, first of all, stylistically, it's an incredible fight. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait for the actual thing, but I'm pissed for a couple of reasons because we were going to get Chandler Gaethje. Yeah, which would have been great would have been great and like that would just be that's a that's a recipe for fucking violence if i ever saw one and Oliveira absolutely deserves a tell shot so that that's that's the good part of it right like i've been thinking this whole time like when people have been like doing you know you know uh what am i looking for like fantasy matchups and stuff for the division and like whatever Oliveira always seemed like the odd one out but it's like hey man the guy deserves a title shot he just beat up yeah. tony ferguson and he's on an eight-five win streak <laughs> in the uh, toughest to division sport. sport. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, for real though, like lightweight and welterweight are the toughest. Like, you, you just—he's on a fucking eight-five win streak in the toughest division in the sport. Yeah, actually, you can imagine how I can't do a, uh, I, I really can't do a Brazilian accent, but it was like I'm on eight-five. No, I can't. I won't even do it. But I don't even try. But still, it's pretty fucking funny. It's very fucking funny, but he, so he 100% deserves this. But in my opinion, like Dustin should have been the other guy and everyone saying like, I made this tweet about it and everyone was like, why? It's the perfect one. Dustin said he doesn't want any belts. It's like, yeah, because he is at a point where he needs to make the most money he can and get the fuck out. And he knows that he's the rightful number one contender anyway. It's like, yeah, that's fine. But the UFC shouldn't even be putting him in that position where it were that like, he should already just be thrown a ton of money and also be fighting for the belt. Like, that that Cole Connery match shouldn't even fucking happen. Like, first of all, Kavanaugh, the fucking piece of shit, uh, did this interview with Ariel where he's like, "That's what we're hoping for. We're hoping for the rematch. We're hoping for the trilogy. We gave him the rematch. Oh, uh, well, let's hope he gives us the rematch." Four years later, bro, five yeah. years, whatever the fuck. Like, oh, we gave him the rematch. No, you fucking didn't. He's <laughs> stupid Dude, piece of shit. It's crazy to think someone else made that. Uh, someone in the comments or somewhere I saw, it was like a stupid response. It was like, Oh yeah. Well, like, you know, um, I can't remember. They were trying to cheer for one of their, one of the fighters and I can't remember, but they're like, yeah, well, Connor gave, uh, you know, Dustin the rematch. Like you, you can't, you know, styles. And I was like, that's a four year time. And Dustin was consistently in the ring. Those four years and all the, the time he was in that fucking ring, getting better, yep. getting better. He fucking works, Connor, at the beginning of this year. 
And you're going to tell me Connor's game plan change is going to magically make him that much better. Maybe slightly more competitive. Sure. But that much better, like spectacularly better. Uh, And when you, when you have a coach who says, Oh guys, we messed up last time we trained boxing. We thought it was a boxing fight. Now we're going to train MMA. Like that's going to, yeah. if you even had that mentality in the first place, you're already fucking lost. Yeah. What were you, yeah. What were you, what were you relying on for Connor this whole time then? Right. Like we saw pictures of fight Island. We saw a boxing ring. We thought this was a boxing bout. Oh, sorry. Yeah. 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 Well, anyway, with that being said, um, I am okay with it. Be- well, damn. Someone made a really good point. I don't know who I should have uh, took a, a screenshot of it, but um, someone said that if Chandler wins, then the uh, then Bellator will officially have a better champion than the UFC. And I was like, oh. <laughs> I was like, how is Dana going to deal with that? Because I was like, that's that sucks. That's true. I'm, but I mean, but I mean, that has happened before, right? So like, right. Uh, Rory McDonald became Bellator champion while Tyron Woodley was still the UFC champion, and Rory beat Tyron in the UFC. Right. Like they already kind of had that distinction. I guess now, as far as like the the difference of eras, as far as like the separation goes, is a little bit like UFC has like a little bit more of a uh, like pristine shine to it. Like it has something that's like a little bit more like it is the best of the best, and nobody can beat UFC fighters. And it's like Bellator's like kind of you know always still they're getting more neck and neck, but now it's like now that would just look really strange. I guess yeah. you could say. And then people be like, well, I guess I'll just start watching Bellator now, which people should be watching Bellator anyway. I don't because mm. I don't care about this sport and <laughs> I don't think the fighters should get paid anything. Um, Stop. Uh, but anyway, uh, all right. On, on, yeah. Are we ready for a break or what's up? Yeah, I think I think we're ready for a break. Lastly, I want to say on that, just to piggyback of what you just said, I think if if Chandler becomes the champion, it's not going to last very long because my boy Dustin's going to get in there and shut his fucking lights out. So yeah, we don't yeah. even have to worry about the what the world will look like if Chandler is champion because honestly, that's a small world. <laughs> it's the smallest world. <laughs> it's a small world after all. And <sighs> that's a perfect segue for us to take a break. And when we come back, we will open up the forum. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen. The forum starts now. This uh, first question is from my boy Rhino, the Combat Sports with Rhino podcast. Juice and Lee, what's your big homie Rhino from the Combat Sports with Rhino podcast? So, in looking forward to next week's card, I see uh, Tyron Woodley is fighting Vincente Luque, and Tyron has now lost three fights in a row, granted, against top tier talent of Usman, Burns, and Covington. However, he is on this three fight losing streak. I grant you he's a former champion. I grant you he's had a very long run of really good wins from like 14 to 18, give or take. Um, if he loses to Vicente Luque, that'll be 
Woodley's fourth loss in a row. Is this Tyron Woodley's last stand? Do you think that if he loses to Vincente Luque, it is a wrap on Tyron Woodley's UFC career? I'm definitely curious to hear you guys' opinion on this. Love the show. Love you guys. Hope you have a great rest of your day. Talk to you later. Peace. I'll let you take this one first. What do you think about it? Yeah. After thinking about, you know, what you said as far as like the top tier talent, um, you're right. Uh, uh, UFC, UFC's careers, uh, people always end at weird sporadic times and stuff like that. With that being said, um, if he loses, who does he fight after that? And I can't answer that question. So, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and he definitely doesn't seem... You know, I mean, you know, they talk about the fighters that love fighting and like protecting their records and all that other stuff and want to want to keep going. But Tyron Winley does not seem like the type of person that would want to do it for the love of fighting. Like he just does not seem like, yeah, I'll just do it. And like if I get a championship again, no, he definitely has like the want to win and the want and will to do that. So if he loses against Vicente Luque. Yeah, I, I, I can't answer the question of who he fights after that. And because I can't answer that, I think. Yeah. That's probably it. Exactly, and and the sad thing of it is, is is something came out uh, a couple of years ago where he kind of basically said, in no uncertain terms, like I'm broke. Like he bought a house for his mom, he bought these cars, and he didn't save enough. And he's basically fighting for money at this point. Like he he's you know a headliner, you know normally, and and he used to get paper points as a champion. Like he was paid well, and and he kind of needs that, but he doesn't, you know, like have the income to, to stop fighting at this point, which is, which is unfortunate because in my opinion, like what, everything you just said was exactly what I was going to say. Like he's at a point now, like if he keeps fighting and honestly, like I shouldn't, we shouldn't be talking as if he's going to lose this fight already. Cause right. You know, it, it, it is a very tough fight. Like Vicente Luque is going to put it on him and that is going to maybe answer some questions about both of them. So we'll kind of we'll have to see how that fight goes. But as far as let, let's say, if he loses, they're just going to keep feeding him to these up and coming guys. Like yeah. he loses, it's going to be like, Hey, Tyron, do you want to retire or fight Jeff Neal? Yeah. Do you want to retire or do you want to fight Wonder Boy a third time? Yeah. Honestly, Although they're probably not going to make that fight. I'm mean, like, uh, I just, yeah. that was the first name I thought of like, Oh, do you want to fight uh, Sean Brady or do you want to retire? Like they're going to keep doing that. So, if he can't beat Vicente Luque, like this has to be the absolute, like, okay, man, like we tried this for a while with you, Tyron. Like we tried to get you back on the rush with Colby. You said you were going to let your hands go. We, you said you were going to let your hands go against Gilbert. Like that didn't happen. This is it. If you can't beat Vicente Luque, don't fight anymore. Yeah. He can train, he can coach, he can uh, continue a failed rap career. Like, because the position you'll be in is, is just like you said, they're just going to keep feeding you to the younger, younger guys that are coming up. Yeah. And it's, it's not like these, these guys, the up and comers are only going to get younger and you're only going to get older. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it just, it is what it is, unfortunately. But thank you so much, Rhino, for the question. Go check out his show. He's amazing interviews, amazing recaps of the fights. Love, Rhino. And shout out my girl, Drea, who's a feature player on every episode. Love, Drea. Drea's drop of the night. Shout out. And now we got a question from my boy, MMA Catfish. And it's... Hey, 
Hey, Julie, old baby, it's MMA Catfish. So I haven't gone back and re-listened, but did we hear Michael Bisbing say that the other guy pissed himself to get out of a submission and that that was a common move? Is that what we fucking heard? What the fuck? Also, FMP. <laughs> I didn't hear that. <laughs> I know what he's talking about. And you're right that we didn't hear that. So, you know, it's funny. So he sent that into the, the voicemail and the Google voice gives a transcript. So I, I usually don't listen because of that, because I can get the gist of it. And I just, I want to save it for, <laughs> I didn't uh for some reason understand it when i was looking at it because it says hey julie oh baby it's animated catfish like that's what the fucking thing says and no he's talking about in trevin giles versus roman delize uh-huh. michael said he saw trevin pour water on himself Oh. And like some got on his shorts and that was a way like you can get out of leg locks and stuff like that, which was like, it's so funny too because he yes, was like, I don't know if I should be saying that. And Paul Father was like, Hey, that's your job. <laughs> he was like, I just, what I saw it. It was like, that's exactly, you're doing your job. And <laughs> it's so funny. I, I have a problem like keeping the same energy for certain things like being biased or, or whatever, like letting my biases show and having that like play into how I feel about certain things because like Yoel Romero used to do that. Like he did it against Tim Kennedy where he poured water himself to stall. And I was just like, man, fuck him. He's a cheater. But I, maybe it's just because I didn't see it. And I only hear her Bisping's account. And I'm like, eh, Trevor Giles gets a pass. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, honestly, and that was a tough fight to, to score as well because, uh, there are some people that that uh, gave that fight to to Roman Delize, and it, it's Roman, uh, the the tweets yeah. I saw were spot on in my opinion. That I saw, I think I saw two, like one on the broadcast and one from my homie Ben Cohn. Um, that was like he did. Trevin Giles did everything in his power to give that round, that third round to Delize, but still ended up winning because of damage or whatever, and, and ended up the judges saw it that way yeah. too like he made st- his fight iq was terrible in that yeah, fight. yeah 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 and there were times when he was like waiting and i was like what are you waiting for like delicia's just standing there but then he would like blitz in and land a, a combination i was like okay like you're doing great baby keep going like do more of that yeah do more and, of that yeah put more water on your pp yeah put more put more pp on your water i mean <laughs> 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 Kevin did, did he just he say he pissed, pissed himself? himself? Yeah, he didn't say that at all. I don't know why. <laughs> why your voice got so fucking high? I don't know why either. Uh, but honest, honestly, no, Catfish. And thank you for the question. But um, yeah, that was a wild moment. Death Eye was great, but um, yeah, I was nervous, dude. I was nervous for my pick. Um, that that was one where I don't feel too good about winning. I, I was just like relieved. It's like like when that uh the what was it the Yana Kunitskaya versus Kalen Yerifai when you were like, woo because that was your pick but you didn't agree with it. Oh like, yeah, yeah. Like, that's kind of where I was at. I mean, I think it was ultimately the right call, but at the end I was like, I'm not sure he won that because there were some close rounds. But oh, fucking yeah. a, the pouring water on yourself to escape submissions is apparently a thing. 
Well, no, but to, to answer to, to answer his question about pissing yourself, like if he had actually done that during the fight, if he had like, well, let me try and get out of this, let me just he definitely would have yeah, he out. definitely would have gotten out. They made a rule. I think it was actually in uh in direct response to the fucking Justin Kish versus Felice Herrick fight when Justin Kish shitted on herself. Uh they made a rule uh, any like bodily fluids escape, whatever. That's like, like a TKO loss for you. So if he had pissed and the ref had saw it, like you piss yourself. <laughs> you <laughs> you little pissy baby. <laughs> you little pissing in the pants ass boy. <laughs> yeah, what are you doing? You fucking pee in your pants, you lose. I thought it would work. I thought it would work, make my leg wet. You get out of leg lock. If pee in your pants is cool. I'm Miles Davis. Yeah. Imagine if he changed his name like Fighting out of the corner, Trevin Miles Davis Giles. <laughs> He's the definition of cool pee in your pants guy. Trevin pissing in the pants ass boy Giles. <laughs> no, but he absolutely didn't do that. Yeah, he definitely did not pee his pants <laughs> so he could get out of a submission. I mean, uh, wild. Um, <clears throat> let's now move into the uh, uh, Twitter forum. Oh, I forgot to do the screen share. Let me let me do this right quick. Um, so we got some great Twitter questions from the lovely people of Twitter. Um, here we go. The first question comes from, and it's loading because the fucking. Oh no! Stop this. I hate Twitter sometimes. You click on the wrong thing. Here we go, dude. So the first question is from the girl Tushy Pop at Tootsie Pop Forever. Ever is spelled with an A and the last syllable. Um, she linked a tweet from someone else. She said, I'm curious as to what you think about this. Um, the tweet says, Dana White compared the Holland fight to Lewis versus McCall in 97. Uh, I didn't get the reference, so I watched it. I've never seen a man cry between rounds like this. What the fuck? So, Leo and I, obviously, this is like a sort of a late, late minute submission uh, to the forum, and we watched a clip of it. So, it's Lennox Lewis versus Oliver McCall, too. And there's a moment in the fight where like Lennox Lewis is winning, and they they cut to the um, McCall's corner between rounds, and he just sort of like pacing and is acting really weird, and they're trying to like rail him in, and he's just like, eh. It's just kind of being lackadaisical. Yeah. That kind of is what happened. Yeah. Uh, like, obviously, we didn't get to watch the whole thing. So, sorry, we don't have a more in-depth analysis of it. But, like, yeah, that that's pretty fucking weird. Yeah, it was a weird uh, thing. And then, like, it, it I mean, not uh, – Kevin Holland was at least fighting somewhat. The other guy really, like, anytime a clinch or anything like that would happen, he just kind of, like, dropped his arms completely and just backed away from Lennox and – um, yeah, but yes, it, it is kind of what happened as far as not as sad. Kevin Holland was definitely smiling the whole way through. So, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like, I, I equate it early to like you know crumbling under the pressure or whatever. But honestly, what if it was just like supreme confidence, where like almost like hubris, where he was just like, I mean, almost like he was like definitely hubris. Um, if if my assessment is accurate, like to the point where he just was like, yeah, I know I'm getting wrestle fuck, but like I still got that one touch KO power or whatever. Like, I mean, he doesn't, but I still could land a big bomb. You know what I mean? Like this gambler's fallacy of like, Oh, I could, you know, turn it around and you know, I could, I could roll the dice and come up fucking aces or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Totally mixed metaphors. (laughs) Yeah. I I loved all your metaphors. Yeah. I love all the metaphors, but thank thank you, Tushy. (laughs) 
<laughs> I always call her like Toots or Tootsie because of the fucking name, but now her name says Tushy Pop. Tushy so Pop. I, I don't know if I should be calling her Tush or Tushy. Yeah, no, just um, yeah, just call it Tushy. Tushy. Yeah. Anyway, thank you for the question. Um, next question from the homie Phil the MMA dude at Phil the MMA dude. And this is a co-host of the Split Decision Podcast. It's a staple in my rotation. He says, how much should we take away from Holland immediately announcing a move down to welterweight after the loss? Bisping said it felt like he was letting the fight, quote, make him quit the division. Thoughts on Mike's comments. Um, so I didn't actually see these comments, but I'm assuming this is a, an assessment. And someone in the, whenever Phil joins the forum, like a bunch of people chime in and like um, one, one, one dude had said like, oh, it was actually Rashad Evans that said that. Anyway, point stands of like who said what on whatever. But as far as my thoughts on Kevin Holland moving down, he said before that he should be a welterweight. Like he fought at welterweight in the regional scene. Like he, he has a win over Jeff Neal uh, at welterweight. So I mean, yeah, like sometimes people shouldn't be saying things right after a fight and because your adrenaline's going and you maybe make a rash decision or whatever, but I hope a day later, maybe he's still thinking that because that wouldn't be such a bad move for him to move divisions, especially after he talked all that shit on Izzy and then got wrestle fucked by a guy that Izzy knocked out in the first round. So sit the fuck down, Kevin Holland. Oh, yeah, yeah, I don't, I mean... It's kind of Which tough, is actually but... it's actually funny. I don't want to mean to cut you off, but it's funny that there was a distinction of who said it between Bisping and Rashad, and Rashad saying it because Bisping lost to Rashad at two hundred five and was like, "What can I do? Let me go down to middleweight." So yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, uh, you know, it, no, I don't think we should take too much away from Kevin Holland. I mean, you know, he's still a good fighter. You know, he still has the potential to become like uh top five he does have that potential still it's just like i said it's just one of those things to kind of work through um uh, ah, now i wouldn't i wouldn't say anything i mean like like juice was saying it's all kind of circumstantial what he was saying and and it might not come to fruition as far as like what he wants but if it is what he wants then he'll just go and do his thing i, I can't can't be too mad about him saying that he wants to switch divisions it's not right for yeah, honestly to, my thoughts on Kevin Holland are like, do whatever you want, man. Just not on my radar. You know what I mean? Right. Next question is from Brat Spicy White. That's so funny to me. At Brat MMA. She says, what has been the biggest surprise for you both in MMA so far this year? Uh, I already have mine, but I'll let you go first. So I don't take um, it. Mine is like how many people like don't listen to this podcast. <laughs> Hey man, welcome to my world. Uh, that has been my surprise for the last two years. Simply What's going on? That I have 6,000 bots that follow me and 6, a couple hundred 000? awesome people that are really wow. cool that listen to this podcast. So like, <laughs> why the fuck are those bots sticking around? Like the tweets yeah. aren't that good. My tweets are terrible, but the show is good. Uh, so I don't know. <laughs> no, the uh, <laughs> the biggest surprise. Um. Ooh. Maybe I should say mine, and then you think of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for me, honestly, and and it shouldn't even be maybe just because there hasn't been that many fights in the year left. Like we're we're only in March. Personally, 
my biggest surprise was Izzy losing to Jan. And that's probably only because I put Izzy uh, on a pedestal, but uh, you can go back and, and, and look. I, I did say that Jan was his toughest task. So I wasn't too broken up about it. I honestly expected to be more broken up about it. I feel like as I'm in therapy now, like I'm just e- easier at managing this. <laughs> Not, honestly, like I'm just better at managing those like emotions or whatever. But uh, that still was pretty shocking to me that like, Izzy looked the way he did and that Jan won the way he did. Uh, that was kind of shocking to me. Like I, each round I expected to be like, okay, this is it. Like he's going to get his timing and get a knockout. And then it just didn't happen. And I just left feeling like, wow, I really don't know what the fuck I'm talking about when it comes to MMA. That was what I thought after watching that fight. And then I realized, oh yeah, I do. Cause I went nine and one on this card. So suck it. I, th- I think my biggest surprise was getting excited for Mike Beltran coming back. Yeah, dude. Was you know, how excited honestly, I was about Mike Beltran coming back. I was thinking about that because we didn't really talk about it too much. Uh, Mike Beltran is a California referee. Like he's from California. I think he even owns a gym there. I, I I saw this piece on Mike Beltran once where he's like a really cool guy. I think he's a former Marine. He's a fucking badass. Uh, but anyway, he was licensed in California. And California, like pre-COVID, um, California's... Um, what's it called sanctioning or, or whatever is recognized by other states and stuff like that. So him being like a licensed ref never mattered. Uh, like only in California it didn't matter until like recently, like now he's back in the rotation in Nevada. I could be wrong. Like, I don't, I don't want to say like he never was certified in Nevada, but I get that's the kick. Cause like, why else would they not have used him earlier? Like, right. I don't know. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. Also just like kind of seeing like, uh yeah my excitement for refs i guess like this year i'm just like excited to see when certain refs and certain refs are not like i mean i guess the biggest surprise is that chris tyone still has a fucking job dude i was gonna say that dude like i fight with <laughs> rhino not literally fight but we're, him and i are always like texting during the broadcast he calls him asmr ref because sometimes he's like really quiet and and i'm like why are you giving him a cutesy little nickname and he's a fucking terrible ref who lets people like take unnecessary damage. He fucked up against, uh, what was it? Mike Rodriguez versus Ed Herman when Ed Herman pretended that he got hit in the groin and he was actually hit in the stomach. Like, bro, you fucked up so bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that was, those are probably my, my bigger surprises. So anyways, dude, imagine if sure uh, Mario Yamasaki, yeah, make sure to listen to the podcast. Anyone that's already listening. Um, may, imagine if Yamasaki comes back, that would be a biggest surprise. Imagine if Yamasaki <laughs> makes a statement. This is Chris Tyone is the worst ref of all time. Let me get back in there. Yeah. Hold my beer. <laughs> I'm coming back. Hold my beer. Hold, hold, hold my Sapporo. Dude, have you ever had support? Uh, it's so good. Racist. Dude, uh, he sounds racist. That's not racist. <laughs> he, he's a man who has that name. Doesn't have to drink Sapporo. <laughs> hey, man. I'm a white guy that drinks Sapporo. It's delicious. Hey, man, look. Don't be size white or whatever it is. Sis is white. Sis, all right, not size. Sis. Yes, so stop being sissy white. All right. <laughs> said bro, he said he would drink a Japanese beer because he's Japanese. Oh. Hey, Someone listen, explain I, to me why that's problematic, please. Uh, like, I don't... Okay, well, 
because he's a man and can drink other beers. If he drank a Foster's, I would have said he drank a Foster's. Yeah, yeah. Mario Yamasaki, who's half. Uh, uh, <laughs> this is not going well for you. It's not. It's not. <laughs> you set me up to like bury myself, and I almost let you. I was like, well. Yeah. Now, <laughs> now you're problematic. All right, Juice. Yeah. yeah. All your picks now are problematic. Yeah. You should get half points every time your fighter wins. <laughs> You try to rig the system. No, I'm yeah. not, it's it's already rigged. You got white privilege. <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> I would right, like well, to publicly denounce my. <laughs> Remember when that was well, the thing when guys, people were doing that? Like, I publicly denounce my privilege as if that could even happen. Yeah, but uh, guys, just so you know, after this, <laughs> after this <laughs> podcast, I'm gonna go drink myself a nice. Corona cerveza. <laughs> That's all I drink ever. Yeah. Yeah, because I, you speak Spanish, right? Damn. Anyways. Damn, you're getting canceled still. All the melon in my skin is better canceled. than yours. <laughs> yeah, I'm anyway. going to pour a nice glass of melon liqueur. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. No, this is, this is going really bad for us, actually. I said us, it's actually just me. Yeah, yeah, just you. I'm good. I'm cool. I'm chilling. <laughs> All right. So this next question is from Spartacus Sports at Spartacus underscore MMA. He says, how many more fighters should lose their consciousness for a weigh-in system to be changed? And another one, will they ever make retirement plan in UFC? Let me answer oh. this. Let me answer this really quick. Retirement yeah. plan in the UFC? Ha, ha, ha. Pay people who aren't fighting money? Nah. Yeah. For, for, for that to happen, like really quickly they have to unionize there yeah. is no other way that that is happening yeah. the fighters have to collectively bargain and they have to get on the same page and fight for a pension to exist like they're independent contractors you know who else is an independent contractor actors actors finally yeah. got a pension when they unionize and form the screen actors guild a union same with equity for a theater actors. so they're not going to ever have a, a retirement plan until they unionize. That's just point blank. Yeah, and and Dana and and certainly uh, WME is not interested in that. <laughs> but but it's a fascinating question. I mean, especially the the weigh in one, which we we oh, did right. touch the on earlier. Like, is, yeah, yeah, that's that's solid. And and honestly, so many fighters are going to have to like. It's unfortunate. There, it's going to have to be like there, there has to be a card where that happens multiple times for there to be like public outcry and then like commissions are are, are going to have to like implement something where you know they have to work around it because otherwise like it's just going to keep happening if it happens once in a while every now and then like if it happens one time per card every six months let's say that can keep going on for a long time oh yeah like it's not just the amount it's not just a number it has to be like a ton of it happening where like fights fall out people get like to where they I, think it's a problem. I, I don't know, man. I mean, I mean, just to, to kind of counter your argument, um, because you're a fucking hypocrite. Uh, <laughs> no, um, I, I mean, just to kind of counter your argument as like what you think what it should happen. I mean, eye pokes, right? Just this past month, gloves should be changed. Guess what? Not gonna happen. You know, it's like I said, it, it, it's dumb. It's it, it, you're. How many more are going to let for the system be changed? It doesn't matter. Yeah. I hey, guess what? 
guess what? To UFC, don't matter. <laughs> right. They don't care. They'll fucking just get someone in the wings. Like, fuck it. Like, they, a whole card would have to technically fall apart. Like, a full entire yeah. card would have to fall apart. Yeah. Like, everyone who got up, I would have to faint. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, but honestly, <laughs> like... <clears throat> It kind of goes back to what I was saying before, like it, something drastic is going to have to happen where people actually die from weight cutting. Um, that's what's going to have to happen. Um, and, and it's so morbid to think that, but literally like that's all that they're going to, it's reactionary. Yeah. But to add, to add, add, to, to counter that point as well. I mean, if it, let's say if um, Leon blinded Bilal, would that, would that change the glove policy? I don't know. Yeah, I, I honestly don't. Like I said, I mean, uh, I mean, you know, Cuba Dana. I mean, I don't think has any of that. But, but that there, there is a there's a pretty big gap between blindness and death. Do you do you get that? Oh no, uh, yeah, no, hundred percent. We're just talking about we're talking about something drastic yeah. happening. Yeah. Um, which obviously the death of it one hundred percent supersedes everything, and I get that. I just mean as far as like bad things are happening, let's fix them. That should that should right. be already addressed. You know what I mean? The gloves should have been addressed. The first time it happened, the weight cutting should have been addressed the first time someone fainted. It's just yeah. okay. I see your point man, for sure. I don't. I don't want to get like super political about anything, and I'm sure there's a lot of people on here, gun owners, stuff like that. Blah blah blah. Well, you know what? Let's not get to. No, you know what? I'm here. Let's talk about it. Um, everyone should have known that uh, any sort of gun laws or anything like that were not going to change when Sandy, when nothing happened after Sandy Hook. Because reality is there's nothing lower than killing children. There is nothing lower than that. The, yep. the death of innocence is the lowest it could possibly be. So anything that happened afterwards, high school, uh, college, um, malls, Walmarts, all that stuff that happened were just simply numbers and knew that nothing would change. So the UFC in that regard knows that probably weight cutting and those gloves will not change for a very long time because the problem came up a long time ago. I mean, people, you know, she was already put on a stretcher and whatnot and medically cleared. People have been like in the hospital for days from weight cutting. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't even know what the fuck happened. I mean, look what, remember what happened to Max Holloway? I mean, oh in, my God. in an interview, like nobody knows what happened, but like in an interview, he's like, Hey, like you're not, you're acting a little strange. I mean, Michael Bisping was interviewing him and yeah. what, uh, an hour or two later, he's like passed out in the uh, hotel um, lobby. Like, come on. It, the extremities of it have already happened. So I'm sorry, but people have been hospitalized for days for it. And if they were going to make a change to it, they would have already done it. So guess what? This part fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah. I honestly want to know uh, what happened with that because I remember Max Holloway um being super like you said slurring his speech he was look awful they said he was sick and nothing came of that there was there was a moment of time where he where ariel asked him about it and he was like yeah i can't really talk about it because it's under investigation like they were literally investigating to the point where like he thought maybe he was poisoned or something like he was literally like i think hired a private investigator and he's like i can't talk about it because it's under investigation i want to talk about it <laughs> like yeah now yeah about it, it's important let's, yeah let's find out what what uh, happen there but uh to, to your point you're, you're right drastic things have happened and it hasn't been enough i was just kind of going off of history like i said with with what happened in wrestling and and boxing right. people died cutting weight and then they actually made changes and 
at a more weight class. The sport yeah, is that, too young and, and they need to realize that, that, that things can't be so set in stone. Right. Yeah, I totally agree. Next question is from Mixed Doodoo at Mixed a Man. This is my homie. And he says, how do you see Zhang Weili beating Rose? Hey, guess what, man? I don't. <laughs> uh, head Getting kick. me hated over here. Do you, wait, wait, are, are you picking Zhang Weili, bro? No, I'm not picking Zhang Weili. I'm saying, oh, okay. how do I see it happening? I see Zhang Weili kicking Rose in the head. Oh. If, if she won. You're saying if. Yeah, yeah. That's what I see. That's how she wins. Yeah, it would have to be a, a stoppage because honestly, Her- I don't see uh, Weili. Sub- well, then again, I didn't see Rose knocking out Joanna, and she fucking did it. But I was going to say I don't see uh, Weili uh, submitting Rose, and I don't see her winning on points. Like I see Rose outworking her uh, in every facet, and that's all I can even focus on is just Rose getting her hand raised and fucking burying Zhang Weili. So that's what's going to happen anyway. Yeah. All right. This next question is from Easy E at Ethan Norris six. He says, "Who will be the 155 champ by the end of 2021?" I really like this question. Uh, um, could be. Stop. <laughs> I'm not joking. <laughs> let Let me lay it out like this. So. <laughs> First of all, take Khabib out of it because that's the whole intrigue of it is like he's officially retired. Like, let's move on now. He doesn't want to fight anymore. He said he's got nothing to prove. Actually, to tie back to, to Mixta, he actually made this bracket of like fights that are now. So like Benil versus Tony is happening. Dustin versus Connor three is based. Actually, that's not even finalized yet, but let's say it is. He put them on the same side of the bracket and on the opposite side was... Oliveira and Chandler and Gaethje. I want to say Felder. Like I, I forget who the other person was uh, that was on the other side of the bracket, but basically him and some other people's, their logic was like, okay, Gaethje's going to make it out of that bracket. Like whoever wins, whatever uh, it's going to be Gaethje versus Dustin in a rematch. And they don't think that, uh, new and improved Gaethje is going to lose to Dustin. I'm here to tell you that's fucking wrong. It's going to be Dustin Poirier, and that's fucking it, dude. I love it. Yep. I, I mean, I totally agree. I, I just, you know. He, he's the second best lightweight uh, on the planet that's not Khabib Nurmagomedov. And now that Khabib is out of the question, he's the best lightweight on the planet. So that's it, dude. That's, that's fucking, that's all I can accept. Yeah. yeah. He put in the work. He did it. Next question is from the homie Pillars of Salt at underscore Pillars of Salt underscore. He says, Spitgate, what really happened? And so <laughs> when he said this question, I didn't, I completely missed the spitting. And then since then, like they've talked about it. And like, I guess she was asked about it in the press conference, point bank, like, did you spit on her? And she was like, no, and was like laughing about it. But, and then someone made a good point. She probably like, called her a puta or something. And that could have like, spray yeah, you know what i mean the, like the look of it yeah her yeah, lips yeah exactly and, and, the, and the optics of it yeah that's kind of what i think happened uh if if it comes out that she did because apparently even even still with the denial from from Montserrat, cheyenne is like no she spit on me like she probably still maybe just felt the spray from yeah the spray from her calling her a big old puta puta 
Yeah, they probably went to go drink. They both of them dude, probably I love went to go drink uh, like some some it's Brazilian so beer, right? She probably went to go get Brazilian. Beer oh, okay, dude. Mexican beer, right? Well, the UFC is sponsored by Modelo, so let's not even go there. <laughs> Brewed with a fighting spirit. Brewed with a fighting spirit. Brewed with a spitting spirit. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> <laughs> that's actually pretty gross. That's the worst advertisement <laughs> for a beer company ever. The fucking can you can you can you just hear the like narration like Montserrat Ruiz fought in the world of wrestling to get to where she is, and she got to the pinnacle of mixed martial arts, the ultimate fighting championship, only to <laughs> spit all over her opponent. Modelo brewed with a spitting spear. <laughs> so gross. It sounds so gross. It is. It's very gross. Um, but uh, yeah. So what really happened is she just yeah called her a puto. puto. Yeah. No, yeah. she yeah, she usually she used the masculine term. Trust me. Yeah, exactly. She was like, oh puto. Um. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> his next question is from the homie Dean Dog at Dean Dog Three. He says Sanhagen versus Dillashaw. Who takes it and how? So this is actually part of a, I want to call it like a mini unofficial Bantamweight tournament that they announced because they announced them at the same time. They announced uh, Dillashaw making his return and uh, coming back and fighting Corey Sanhagen, which that to me is like clear number one contender because already like Corey Sanhagen could be fighting for the belt right now. Yeah. Uh, and you can make the case that TJ being a former champion should should get the shot. So it's like, okay, let, let, let them fight. And then they announced um, Cody Garbrandt versus Rob Font. Now that to me is like not even close to being a, one, a, uh, a number one contender, but maybe the winner of that will fight the loser of Sanhagen Dillashaw and then they could be back in, in the mix. But to answer Dean's question, Sanhagen just fucking wipes the floor with TJ. Yeah, I... I hope it, it's Sanhagen. I don't want to like, come on, man. Like I do not want to live in a world where TJ Dillashaw is even remotely successful, but like thinking about his record, like I made this case um, in a tweet I have saved earlier, just in case I'm right. Like some fighters have a, you, a very specific pattern in their record, like Randa Marcos. She loses every other fight until recently. Like I think she, she lost to Mackenzie Dern. And then before that, she also lost. So like, that broke the streak in a bad way. But before that, it was literally like win, loss, win, loss, win, loss. Yep. And TJ uh, Dillashaw had a weird pattern in his record where he would win four fights, then lose one. Win four, lose one. Systematically, like to the point where it's now I'm thinking the curse is, is such, such that he's going to win this just to go on and win three more <laughs> and then lose again. Right. But I, I don't know. I, I think... Like you said, I don't want any, you know, wish any harm upon Dillashaw no, unless no. he's stepping into the ring with the Sandman. Oh, he's going to fucking take him to dreamland. You know what I mean? Yeah. What a fucking great nickname, by the way. We don't even talk about how good of a nickname that is because it plays off his last name and it's like the Sandman puts you to sleep. I love yeah. everything about it. Yeah, it's great. I think uh, too bad that yeah. song, the Sandman or whatever, like Mr. Sandman, bring me a dream. Too bad that's not a banger of a song to walk out to. Because you are you <laughs> kidding me? It's the most banger of a song to walk out to. Mr. Could you Sandman, for, could you imagine? Bring me a dream. <laughs> hold on. First of all, could you imagine? Like everyone's like, oh look what he just did. Oh, he's hurt. Frankie Edgar's hurt. Oh, he just knocked him out. Oh, like and then like they're just doing the promo right before he comes out. 
Um, Are you queuing it up right now? You're just you're just vamping to to kill. No, but I mean, really, like, but like, really, like, could you imagine they shoot the promo like right before he comes out? Um, and and then like just fucking like, but that's, oh, dude, the antithesis would be the best. Like, you hear this fucking like fucking, and then just Corey Sandhagen walks out, just looking at the camera. Bro, how fucking creepy would that be? So creepy. That'd be Honestly, creepy. Not the original song, but dude, if they make a promo of like his knockouts in, in UFC and his his finishes, because he's got some like nasty submission wins as well. If they make one with like someone does that a cappella, or maybe like in a fucking Oh, I don't know. I feel so strange about those like movie trailers that have like classic songs slowed down or like someone singing yeah. them. Like I have such disdain for those things and I don't know why. But no, just the original song. I want the original song. I want you know what? You know what I want? I want someone to to walk out to ding dong daddy. <laughs> I've only heard that song once and I've only heard our friend Thomas sing. <laughs> I literally had, a, uh, we went out to karaoke for one of my birthdays, one of my last birthdays in LA. And this motherfucker comes out and sings the ding dong daddy on the decoy line. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, someone should walk out to that. Um, yeah. I see Sandhagen second round knockout. Couldn't have said it better myself. And that brings us that's the end. That's the end of the forum, and now that brings us to problematic picks. Oh boy! Don't tell me. Um. Yeah. No. I'm. Ma- I'm making this thing. Uh. Every anytime we get our give our picks, even if no one is problematic, it's gonna be problematic picks. Because no, I just love it. Yeah. It, no, it is. I'm gonna pick someone, and then you're gonna be like, well, he. Well, actually. Well, like, I, <laughs> well, he's, well a, he's a criminal. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, he actually said that a, that a Japanese ref should drink a Japanese. <laughs> okay, dude. Stop. All right, all right. Let's uh, let's go from the bro. This is okay. the first fight uh, in the main card. Right. So right. Alonzo Menafield versus William Knight. Who? You oh, got? I think I actually got Menafield. Oh, you do? Yeah, I do. That's do interesting. Because you have William. No, Knight. I agree. Actually, yeah, I think Menafield's gonna take it. Their records are pretty close. Yeah. Yeah, nine and two versus nine and one. Uh, I think Manifield is going to take this one as well. Next fight, we got Jamie Malarkey hailing from, I believe that's Australia, versus Kama Worthy. Could be New Zealand. I think it's actually New Zealand. Um, will it tell me if I do this? No, it won't. No. Um, okay. You know what, guys? I'm just going by the name alone. That's a whole lot of Malarkey. <laughs> Nice. Oh, cool. Yeah, no pity laughs. That's okay. <laughs> no, honestly, not even pity laughs. When he fought, he fought uh, Brad Riddell, and I think it was both of their debuts. And by the way, I was so looking forward to Brad Riddell sending great yeah, yeah. So sad about it. But um, Jamie Malarkey and Brad Riddell, it was a fucking incredible fight. It was a back and forth war. And there were so many tweets that night. They were like, oh, this fight is a lot of Malarkey. And I was just like, like keep those jokes coming. Um, I got Kama worthy. Okay. Especially the way he fucking 
fought against violent Bob Ross. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, Kama Worthy is the man. So I'm picking Kama Worthy. Jamie Malarkey, though, could pull off what what would be, in my opinion, an upset, although I don't know if it actually would be. Yeah. Because I don't know about the odds or whatever people's expectations. Mm-hmm. Next fight on the card is Thomas Almeida versus Sean O'Malley. Who you got? Um, I got Sean. I have, I have Sean... Um... I'm not looking forward. I'm really not looking forward to his post-fight interview. <laughs> yeah. Did uh, you know that Sean O'Malley said getting addicted to heroin is for pussies? Um, yeah, I wasn't aware of that. <laughs> no, he no but the- but he, he's he's my pick just because like I just he, he's good. He's a, he's a really good fighter, so like I don't know. It, Honestly, this fight is violence, and Thomas Almeida, until he lost to Cody Garbrandt, was looking like unbeatable. Like he was, I think, at that point undefeated and was like a phenom. I think he got to like twenty and zero, uh, and was just like knocking people out like filthy. And now it kind of feels like this is Sean O'Malley's fight to lose. But um, I'm going with the Brazilian homie Thomas Almeida. Oh wow! And um, I don't even feel super confident in that uh, pick. Um, another th- reason I'm going with him is, as well is because Sean O'Malley is coming off that injury and he just acted like such an idiot afterwards that I feel like he's not even in the right mental space. Like he was like, oh, I didn't even lose that fight. It's like, yeah, you did, bro. So yeah. he had, in my mind, he hasn't processed the loss. So I don't know where his head's at. And I'm going with Almeida. All right. On to the next. Um, hmm. The co-main event, we got Tyron Woodley versus Vicente Luki. And this is a tough fight to, to pick. It's not got, really, but yeah, I got tired. Uh, Stupid MMA math. You know, Wonder Boy beat Luke A. No, didn't beat, didn't beat that. Honestly, I feel like because MMA math doesn't work usually, I feel like you can use it in reverse. It's like, okay, well, this should happen, so let's reverse it. Okay, well, if I reverse it, um... I don't want to influence it. Go ahead, tell me. Your no, thought. yeah. Fuck. I think, uh, yeah, I think Tyron's gonna pull it out. I hope. Although, not. although if he does, I, you know, it's even weirder. I don't know what happens after he beats Vincente, Vincente, Vincente. fucking not Vincente Fernandez, but anyways. Um, <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't, it's weird. I don't know what happens yeah. when he loses. And I also don't know what happens to him if he wins. He's in a weird limbo. Yeah, no, I agree with you about, uh, we talked about this earlier. What If he loses, like, where do you even want to see him go from here? If he wins, I honestly think they're going to either have him fight Bilal or Leon. He was supposed to fight Leon when, when the pandemic hit or then the wonder boy trilogy would make sense like i I said they might make that happen if um if he loses but honestly i think if he wins they might make that yeah it's a good it's a good one not even something i would ever want to entertain again but um i'm I'm picking vicente uh i think he's gonna i think it's gonna even look worse than the gilbert burns fight if i'm honest because i think they i think vicente trains with with henry hooft as well with that gym so i think they've got tyron figured out and they're just gonna fucking butcher he's gonna butcher tyron woodley but i hope i'm wrong because i like tyron woodley Mm. and now the main event of the evening 
the heavyweight strap is on the line. Stipe Miocic versus Francis Ngannou. Two. Who do you got? I've thought about this for a good amount of time. Um, Ah, I'm going to go with Stipe. Yeah, me too. I don't, I don't, uh, like I know he's, damn it. I know he's, it's so tough. It's so tough, man. Francis has, has, has really gotten less shy. Yeah, no. And really, really just, oh, that was Freudian slip. I saw what you did. No. Stipe, keep, Francis, and Ghana. You keep, keep doing. I keep writing slip. It. Yeah, yep. Because it's. I'm writing down our picks, think. and I keep typing Francis and Ghana, even though I yeah. said out loud and several weeks on this podcast, like I'm picking Stipe. I'm picking Stipe. Uh, um, but you know, for me, it comes down to this. You said that he's his confidence is back. Okay, I'll give you that, and I agree. But he hasn't shown any improvements. He has not dealt with any adversity like he has he has not dealt with any wrestling and there are are people that are like big believers in his power like oh yeah he can shut the lights off anytime like that fine but honestly this could end up looking identical to the first fight and there is no evidence to the contrary because and i I remember Mm -hmm. literally Mm -hmm. when he beat nganu i called you I don't always call you after fights, uh, except for like, and we're always texting now because we're doing. The oh yeah, 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 yeah. I literally called you and I was like, Stipe's the goat. That's yep, it. Yep, that's yep, fucking yep. it, dude. I was so hyped for that win. I, my heart was like in the first round. I was having a heart. Every, attack. Everyone was. Everyone that was watching that oh, fight. My God. Every single person that was watching that fight. Every time Francis threw, you were fucking freaking out. Everyone was freaking out. There was no one not freaking out. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. So that's it for uh, our show, Just just to recap the picks, uh, we both have Menafield. You have Malarkey. I have Kamal Worthy. And uh, you got Sean O'Malley. I'm taking Thomas Almeida. You're taking Tyron Woodley. I'm taking Vicente Luque. We're and both, we're both taking riding Stipe. with our boy Stipe Miocic. So Stipe fans, don't come for me again. I'm backing your boy. <laughs> Ingano fans, feel free to come for me. I know Pamela's going to be listening like, what the fuck, Francis? Uh, Pamela's mm. a big Francis Ingano fan, but dude, I mean, Stipe a, is going to wrestle good. fuck him again. I don't know, like there's no <laughs> there's yeah, nothing it's that a i tough can decision. say to that it's a tough one to make well honestly i'm gonna i'm gonna already make an excuse just in case it happens if, if stipe does get knocked out to me that won't prove that francis is the better fighter because we already knew that he could knock anyone out if he just touches him i mean the fact that stipe survived that in the first round the last time is still insane to me so yeah i'm just i'm picking stipe based on that and i i don't you know really care Rock on. Well, that said, you can follow the show uh, on Twitter at Friendly Spar Pod. And um, you can follow Leo at LeoGH2113. That's right. Don't follow me unless you already do. Then please keep following me. Yep. Uh, (laughs) I'm not going to plug my social, but. yeah, give us a goddamn review on Apple Podcasts. Yep, five stars only, and yeah. tell your tell you, like we said, tell your friends to turn it on, and just whatever, just walk away. Just just keep it on loop in your house all the time. Yep, all the episodes. Just play. If you haven't uh, heard the old episodes, 
every one of them except for number two is good. So keep just playing the whole catalog. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll be good. Don't worry about it. Just keep listening. Yeah. And like, we'll, we'll, we'll be getting sponsorships like in literally maybe like six years. Yeah. At this rate, six years. No guys. time. Six years is so fast. Yeah. Well, that's it for me. I'm Juice for Leo. This is the Friendly Sparring Podcast. Good night and good fights. Fights.